Hey, everybody. You are listening to Tech Vibe Radio this Friday night, bringing you the absolute best of what's making Pittsburgh rock out. I'm telling you what, man. Every Friday, we love bringing you the show. And uh, tonight, actually, I have a special special co-host for my first segment here, Audrey Russo, my usual co-host, my boss, our CEO of the Pittsburgh Tech Council. She is out of the office, out of the studio tonight. So I have Ryan Gent hanging out with us. So Ryan, he leads up our membership team here at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And without members... The Pittsburgh Technology Council is not the Pittsburgh Technology Council, so Ryan, pressure's on, man. <laughs> pressure's on. And thanks for hanging out with me tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah. I realized I might not have a radio voice. I noticed as soon as you hit record, you have a radio voice. I don't know that I have one. You could say it's a radio voice. Is it? Voice. Okay. Absolutely. Yours went into overgear. I it's have like the to morning overgear. drive. It's okay. like the morning drive. It's okay. like the evening drive. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you for having me, Jonathan. Well, you're very welcome, Ryan. So, Ryan, you've been at the council for about three or four years now, right? That is correct. About three and a half years. Three and a half years, and you have membership here. So at the end of the day, when people are looking to join the Pittsburgh Technology Council, they come through you. And as Audrey and I always tout, 35 years we've been a membership organization helping tech companies succeed. And you're on the front lines every day when it comes to all things technology companies. You're meeting with them. You're seeing where the pain points are, the pressure points, and why people are joining the tech council to help their companies succeed. So what are you seeing out in the marketplace right now, Ryan? What's going on? Why are people, why are entrepreneurs, why are tech companies joining the Pittsburgh Tech Council? You know, it really depends. It depends on whether it's a homegrown company. Okay. Uh, you know, in, in the early stages, they might be looking for access to capital. Right. They might be looking for access to some of our local corporations for beta tests or to be early uh, consumers of the product. And then we have a lot of companies, you know, that that aren't technically headquartered here but have some few people on the ground and they want to just increase their visibility. Exactly. So they do stuff like come on this radio show, they you know, you write about them in TEQ and just getting out to our events and meeting a lot of the people who are the, the players in the community. So it's about being seen a lot for these companies right. at the end of the day. Right. That it makes me feel good. It means I got a job at the PTC then, right? Exactly. Yeah, for a while. Because people can use it for two different things. <laughs> you said for a while. What for a while, mean? yeah. I don't know. We'll do you have the, other plans? Well I no, they say we're way we're due for a recession. So that's what Don't yeah. say that yet, okay? That's what I read. Oh, sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to take the radio show down a bit. Uh, but people come to get the visibility for different reasons. Some people want it for to try to get in front of customers, and that's that's a big reason why people come to our events. But for some people, you know, it, their customers are very distinct and, and very specific. They might be government, federal government contracts, and they want that visibility to get the talent that they're now competing with. You know, the Googles and the Facebooks and Uber and, and all these big companies. So they have to let people know that they can have a really cool tech career at those companies as well. So sometimes, you know, people want that visibility and it has nothing to do with getting customers. It's just, just about let, they yeah. need people. Right. Kind of thing, right. Let people know what they're doing and, and that it's a cool thing and you can be part of something big. Um, and, and so they can get that message out through your channels. So what are your thoughts on talent? I know obviously that's one of the key reasons people join the council I and mean, we have all these talent services you talked about. Um, I mean, the people, these companies are looking for some really talented people. With yeah. Crazy special, specializations in engineering, uh, in software development, project management. And uh, I mean, I know Pittsburgh's got lots of talent, but we need more. What are, what are you seeing in the market as far as like, are they finding the people that they need? Or are they just taking from other companies? Are we drawing people in from outside the area? No, they're, the each? they're not finding them. And I think what's going to happen is, is people are, are losing revenue because they can't push forward with the projects right. and, and take on the demand because they can't fill these positions. Uh, you know, I, talk, I was just meeting with a company today. They have an interesting approach where they have very specific cybersecurity positions that even with a formal education would be difficult because everything's 
changing in that world and oh, to be I able to identify within threats. Within six months, yeah, the so whole skill set can change. They right? have an internship program where they kind of bring through like four every quarter or so, and a lot, they'll end up hiring a lot of them. And it's it's kind of an in-house training program for a very specific kind of cybersecurity right. threat detection. Okay. Uh, so I think there are a lot of companies doing things kind of custom-made like that because for that kind of talent. But ultimately, what we need is more people to move here. You know, we don't have Amen. enough talent right. here to fill all the positions. And I, I mean, the, the scary part is, you know, a lot of these companies have headquarters here and they might be in Boston or, um, you know, the West Coast. And they're looking for just for the best people and they don't always have a plan of, of which office they want to grow. They're going to grow the one where they can find the talent. So, you know, we can be losing out on a lot of this growth by not getting the people moving here. Absolutely. Reminding our listeners, so we're talking to Ryan Jen here from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. He leads up our membership department. We're talking about talent issues and why people join the tech council, companies join the tech council in order to solve those talent problems. And like I said, I think it's a it's a tough solve. When I was in London a few weeks ago, I was turning on the news in the morning and the biggest problem their tech industry has, not enough people. And especially with the whole wow. Brexit thing going on, it's even harder for them to get people because they're not going to be able to pull from the EU like they once did. So we're seeing this everywhere. So really, we're in a fight with the rest of the world right. for talent, which I think is just really scary. But we're not the only ones fighting for talent. Well, nobody anticipated this from an education standpoint, that right. we were going to have this amount of jobs in these kind of fields. I mean, everybody knew that tech was booming and it was growing, but, but right. things changed rapidly in the last decade. And so I don't think education has had time to catch up with the kind of roles that we need out there. And, and so you see the rise of, you know, some of these, uh, like, work hard PGH and Tech Elevator, some of these kind of boot camps and coding schools to get people the skills they need in a short period of time, which is good for them because they can, you know, get back to the workforce quickly and good for the economy because we can start filling some, at least some of these entry-level positions. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe we should get jobs as programmers. Can we go to, like, Tech Elevator and get some skills in the next, like, 14 weeks? And I honestly don't think I'm <laughs> capable of learning. I, I'm capable of learning a lot, but... That, uh, coding it kind of goes over my Coding's head, not your game? Yeah, it just seems very difficult. So I had my own software company when I was 13 years old. You did? Called Data Voice, yes, when I was a little lad. And you know, I picked up skateboarding two years after that, and I don't know what I did. Wait, is that true? It's you did, true. What, what did you do with this company? So I was building these games that people were going to rent. I didn't want to sell them. I wanted to rent them because I, I was going to continue to make updates to the games. People would come back and re-rent the games. So I made these space shuttle simulation games. Like you were flying the space shuttle and we're going on journeys. It was very basic, actually written in basic. But oh. man, I had lines of code back in the day, man. And did you have customers? No, but I was oh. dreaming of customers. I was going to release these things and yeah. then, you know give people the diskettes to rent for but like then five bucks. You found the skateboard. And I that, found the skateboard. That took off for you. And that just ruined yeah. the rest of my old yeah. life. I blame you, skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's not easy to start a tech company. It is not it easy is not to start. Easy. I know that firsthand. But I love being able to cover them. I know you're super passionate about it. You are out at, I mean, you're everywhere around town, Ryan, talking to talking to companies, talking to entrepreneurs, being helpful to them. Even when they're not members of the council, you're out there just trying to work with them because, you know, at some point, membership might be a, a good fit for them. And if you want to learn more about membership, go to pghtech.org, and you can learn more about how we like helping tech companies succeed. And I'm glad Ryan's on our team representing the PTC doing what he does. Simple as that. And so we have some great events coming up. We have Farnham Jahanian, the new president of Carnegie Mellon, speaking at a breakfast briefing August the 21st. I just interviewed Farnham uh, this past week for a TEQ cover story. Really cool guy. I am so excited for him doing what he's doing here in Pittsburgh, Ryan. It's that is great. I mean, so much of I mean, everybody knows so much of what's happened here 
is because of CMU and CMU's history yep. in these fields. And I, I've yet to meet him, but I've heard he's a great guy and, and everybody has great expectations for what he's going to do. It. You know, the university already uh, obviously has a stellar reputation, but I think he's going to continue to grow it even further. That is the plan. So on tonight's show, we have Mark Bursick and Ralph Pulaski from Critical Syntax, a cybersecurity company. We have Amy Halter. She's the vice president of ops at Axion Lab stopping by. They're growing, just opened up bigger facilities in Bridgeville. And of course, we have the one and only Kenny Chen from Ascender stopping by to talk about oh, all great. things artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence. I know you know Kenny quite well. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I don't think Kenny is getting any sleep from this point until September. I don't when, think so. When Thrival comes on. I, I know. know that's his baby, and he. Uh, that, that's a big project. I mean, it's going to be exciting this year. They're moving to uh, is it Highmark Stadium? Yes, that they place are. At Station Square. Yeah, and a lot they more. have a lot of uh, content through the week. I think a lot of people forget about that. They have the music, and everybody knows about that. Yeah. Uh, but I think people should take a look at some of the uh, the events they're doing throughout the week. Absolutely. We'll talk to Kenny all about that. We're coming right back after this quick break. Ryan, thanks for filling in for Audrey for this opening segment. We appreciate it much. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Welcome back, everybody. I am so glad you are dialed into Tech Vibe Radio tonight. Every Friday night, I get such a kick. I bring you the best and the brightest in Pittsburgh's technology and entrepreneurial community. They're really one and the same. We have some of the brightest men and women building some of the coolest companies, and we love profiling them here every Friday night. And for the more than 20 years I've been at the Tech Council and the more than 10 years we've been doing Tech Vibe Radio, I've come across so many of the really just great entrepreneurs out there building companies. And tonight is no different we have a company called Critical Syntax with us tonight. They're a cybersecurity company, and they are keeping us safe out there. Because as we all know, whether you're running a business, whether you're at home just surfing the web, it's a scary place out there. But we've got some great people that are keeping us on the level and safe. And um, we've got Ralph Pulaski here from Critical Syntax. And Ralph, you actually introduced me to this company because you just started working for these guys a little bit ago. So, Ralph, it's good to have you back on the show with us. Great to be here, Jonathan. And, of course, we have Mark Bursick here. He's the man behind Critical Syntax. So, Mark, thanks for hanging out with us in the studio tonight. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, first off, give us the quick elevator pitch about Critical Syntax. And I want to talk a little bit about your background in cybersecurity because you have a really cool background that led to the founding of Critical Syntax. Because I think every company's got a great founding story. Yeah. I can't wait to learn more about yours. Well, I appreciate that. Well, Critical Syntax is devoted to protecting online web assets, particularly WordPress websites. Yes. Uh, WordPress com- comprises about almost 30% of the market now. Is it that much? It's it's climbing, too. Yeah. It, it's such a great platform to build on because it's easy, it's simple, yeah. but at the same time, it, there are vulnerabilities within it. Right. Well, it's open source, so it's being developed by a team of people uh, all over the planet, um, and there's vulnerabilities in it. Uh, it's been that way since the beginning. Uh, because it's such a large installed base, it becomes a bigger target. So now as it's creeping into being 25, 26, 30% of the entire internet, um, hackers and... It becomes an easy target, yeah, right? Yeah, they want to get in. Uh, and they're looking for data, whether it be financial data or even just customer data, or they're looking to gain control of the website and put some malware in there or some other things that they can do. Exactly. And WordPress is an easy target. So uh, they run scripts. They search for WordPress websites that are vulnerable. Uh, they have a little vulnerability scanners. And when they find one, then they, they just start attacking. Yeah. So I have a story I can tell you. I was subjected to this. Many years ago, we built one of our TechBurger blogs on WordPress box. This was right a couple years after WordPress just came out. And as we built the site, there was some weird code in a plugin. Because back then, you could put any plugin in. You found it. Hey, this is a plugin to put my Twitter feed into. Put that in. Right. 
And then I'm running a Mac, so I go to the site, don't see anything wrong with it ever. And then I get a call from one of our members saying, hey, I was just clicked on a link and uh, it told me to click on this thing and I did and I lost control of my laptop. And then I realized, wait a second, we have this, I believe it was called the end of world virus at the time that somehow found its way onto our site. And I was like, it actually destroyed our site. We had to pay more money to get the to get the code taken out than it cost to actually to develop the site wow. and, and clean it. And it, it, it ruined our, our Google uh, analytics on the site because we were listed as being like, like, like a bad site because I think we went like two or three weeks not knowing that there was this vulnerability on our site so I know firsthand the importance of having a WordPress site that's locked down and is safe and that's why I'm really excited to talk to you guys about that because I know so many of our our members and our our listeners out there probably have WordPress sites yeah yeah and and it's great for marketing it's it's fantastic because it connects real well to Google it's great SEO it's easy to update and it's really easy to develop you know and so a lot of people out there who don't have any programming experience are building websites and they don't have any security background. Um, they might not even have any design background, but they are, <laughs> but they're building websites. As witnessed by many ugly WordPress. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, when we discovered, we started discovering hacks in my old company, my old company was a political technology. Right. And this is why I think it's so interesting. You had this really cool company. Tell us about right. that. Well, we started doing work, uh, in politics in the early two thousands. Um, uh, I was working in an advertising agency and decided to break off onto my own. Gotcha. And uh, form my own company. And uh, we were starting to do websites for political campaigns and online databases. And it grew and grew and grew and grew. And by the time 2010, 2012 roll around, we were kind of the big dogs in the political business. And uh, we were starting to see major amounts of hacking. We were starting to see China and Russia Everywhere, starting to right? ramp it up. Yeah, totally. We had our own servers so we could control things better than than other people. Over time, over I want to say between like maybe 2013 to 2015, we started getting calls, can you fix my website? It's hacked. And we started to see an opportunity there. And not just in the political world. We were everywhere, because all yeah. these WordPress sites, right? Right. I think Ralph has his own WordPress site. Right. And yeah. it's, it's, I, I secured it. He's he a, did. He's like RalphPlasky.com. Yeah, he's okay. He's one of my guys. Um, but so we started to see this, and not just with even high profiles. We started to see it with nobodies, you know, uh, campaigns that were ridiculous. Just really low-level stuff. Small. Like, yeah political committees like in the like at Warren County political committee was getting bombarded with hacking. It didn't matter how big the site was. Okay. Because to for the hackers they didn't care. They they weren't looking to get, you know, financial data. They were looking to gain control. They were looking to get legitimized by running code off a legitimate website. So they don't care. The smaller the better. The easier of a target the better. Exactly. And we realized that there was a market out there for doing this kind of security work. And the the piece that's the piece of this that's that uh, a lot of people don't get is they feel that they're covered because their their uh, IT company is covering them or their managed service no, provider. You're not, as oh. I had learned, they do not because once no. that's built, they're hosting it for you. But that doesn't mean they're defending or they have yeah. any 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 hand in the code that has built that particular right. site. Right. So, Mark, tell us. And remind our listener, we're talking to Mark Bursick. He is he runs Critical Syntax. We got Ralph Pulaski here as well, hanging out with us. Um, what are some maybe some top strategies? So I'm building a WordPress okay. on my own. What are maybe the two or three key things I should be thinking about just foundationally just to ensure that I got a good base for my site to keep it kind of safe? If you're in the process of developing the site, let's talk about ones that are in development. Right. There's a lot of things you can do in development that will make security easier for you in the long run. 
Obviously, passwords. Everyone talks about passwords. Hard to guess password. But password is only half the equation. Okay. Password is half of your credentials. What's the other half of your credentials? Your username. WordPress out of the box wants your username to be admin. Exactly. Then, so people know they can start with admin and run a script that will yep. keep doing different admins in combination with, well, with very easy passwords and right. boom, they get in, right? Right. Now they have I could be a hacker. Of... I know these things. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have half your credentials. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the first things you can do is just not use admin. Use something else. Um, that sounds easy as enough. I'm going to change mine because right. I think mine still has admin in there somewhere. <laughs> right. So you change the credentials, not only harden your password, but harden your username. Gotcha. That's one thing that you okay. can do. Uh, another thing that you can do with your site is to hide the biggest attack vector that you have. Out okay. There. And the ha- biggest attack vector that you have is a login screen. Login screen. Uh, and WordPress has a unified login screen. Yeah, it's always in the WP admin, right? Right. Yeah. So you hit slash WP admin and all of a sudden you, you get access. There are plugins out there that will allow you to move. Wait, the I'm writing this one down. As I yeah. got my pencil here. I'm yep. sharpening up. And so hide the login screen. Yep. Yeah, and, and I got to do that now. It's not a great security method because you know, you know, just moving something isn't the best security method. But we're talking about thwarting scripts, not in very intelligent human being hackers. Right. Okay. So if you can get through the first line of defense where you're not flagged as a WordPress site at all, then you're going to get bounced immediately. Right. So if they hit that and they get a four or four error. They're like, not they're, legit on uh, the next site. There's, there's 10,000 more sites on my list today. I'll go to the next yeah, one as far as Maybe it's is. not WordPress. Right. Maybe it's Drupal. Maybe it's an, a you know, .NET site. Absolutely. So they move on. Gotcha. So those are some simple things. I, those are great stuff. We've got about a minute left. Real fast, I have to ask Ralph, why were you so excited to work for Critical Syntax? It seems like a really great company. It, it, it's a hopefully a simple solution for a very complex problem that people aren't thinking about right now. Exactly. Exactly what Mark said, the idea that you think you're covered on your IT side. Your marketing team is mostly handling your website. Exactly. So it's important to get that review of, of what your problem is. And that's what we offer. I love it. I tell you what, go to criticalsyntax.com, learn all about it. Really great guys, very approachable. No matter what size company or big or small, give them a call if you're concerned. They can definitely talk with you yep. and, and take it from there. We can give you a free vulnerability scan. Even better yet. Very, very cool. It goes by too fast. I could talk so much more about this stuff. <laughs> Anyhow, guys, thanks for stopping by. Once again, Ralph Pulaski and Mark Bursick from Critical Syntax. This is Jonathan Kirsting from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. We've been helping tech companies succeed since 1983. Yes, 35 years. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. Fly on over to Twitter at pghtech. Hey, so glad you could join us this Friday night here for Tech Vibe Radio. Just love doing the show, having way too much fun talking to all the great people here really making Pittsburgh pop. It's summertime. It's kind of nuts out. I don't know. It's, I'm in a good mood. It's hard to not be in a good mood when you're really profiling the industry that is making Pittsburgh really be the cool city that it is. And we've got a great company here with us tonight, Axion Labs. Actually, I think it's been three or four years maybe since they've last been on the show, if I remember correctly. But way back on another format, we had them on. And so I'm really glad to re-engage this company because – they have so many things going on. They're growing like crazy. They're solving tough problems. And I can't wait to learn more and what's kind of making them do what they do. And I tell you what, I have Amy Halter here. Amy, thanks for stopping by and hanging out with me tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So before we came on air, you were telling me kind of a cool little story about yourself and, and how you kind of came back into the workplace, into HR. And Axion was your first destination five years ago. 
And I want to learn more about that. But before we do that, see, I'm getting ahead of myself. Just <laughs> do a little reset with our listeners. Just what are the basics of Axion? What's the quick, like, elevator pitch about what makes Axion Axion these days? And then we're going to dive into all the fun stuff about how you do what you do. Sure. Axion. So Axion is a technology services firm. And we focus on the emerging technologies. So anything, the next latest and greatest thing, anything that's new and exciting, yeah. we're bringing those solutions to our customers. The emerging technologies. Exactly. Right? It's that buzzword. <laughs> Things like Web 2.0, yes. software as a service, <laughs> e-business mobile, all that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. Mobile applications, you know, um, re-engineering, digital re-engineering no. is a big one. And, and that's transforming your data from what it was Back a long time ago when you only needed to share it just inside your own office to making it digital and able to exactly. flow across the across the country and across the world. So. And these are super complex business problems that you're solving, and they're not solved. Businesses don't exist anymore. <laughs> so are. you really become the backbone of a company when you provide solutions to them. Mm-hmm. And I think what you mentioned that we are solving business problems, we can provide staffing solutions or we can take care of their entire technology project. So we liken ourselves to a home builder where we could send them just the electrician like okay. or we can be their general contractor and do the entire project for them. So what's the ratio on that? Are a lot of folks, like I'm, I'd be the guy that'd be like, hey, I don't want you working on my house, but I need a good electrician. <laughs> <laughs> and then you realize halfway through, no, I need the whole contractor. But is it an even mix between who's just contracting with, with work or people who are saying, Axion, make my problems go away? You know, we are uh, a mix of about 60% projects to about 40% on the staffing side. I see. More and more people have come to know us through the staffing business, and they're engaging us on a project level. And there's some unique factors for Axion Labs. We have a CTO. We have a dedicated research team. You do. We create our own intellectual property so that we have the foundation to be able to help them solve their entire problem exactly. instead of just sending them just one person. They come out there with a bunch of Axion tools yes. at their use ready to solve some of these problems. Mm -hmm. Now, before we go into some of those things that you guys solve, I want to talk about your backgrounds. I like it when people have cool backgrounds like yours. So you're in HR there. So you, you get to, you're in the middle of it all. I'm in the middle of it all. Yeah, and you've been there for five years now? Five years. So you've got some great stories to tell. What brought you into Axion? Why was it exciting to go there? And, and what's your trajectory been like since you got there and what you're doing now? Sure. So when I first started at Axion, they were experiencing some growth and they needed somebody to just come on and help with employee onboarding, employee engagement. And the position really grew from there. And, and as I had gotten my master's online through Penn State um, in human resources, I wanted to explore more and more with human resources. So I asked to take on some additional responsibilities and it just kept growing into finance, into general operations, right. um, a little bit of everything that we do. So I look at the contracts. I look at what's happening in our staffing world. I make sure that the HR function is running smoothly, that finance, we're looking and crunching all the numbers that we need to crunch. So a little bit of everything. I was going to say, um, wait, so no day is the same for you. No day is the <laughs> same One day you're onboarding me. someone. One day you're making sure everyone's getting paid. The next day you're making sure the projects are being executed mm -hmm. on time. Like, oh, See, you're like the glue of Axion, possibly, <laughs> over there. <laughs> well, thank you for that. <laughs> that's very kind. But, you know, I think that that's one of the really exciting things about Axion as a company is they took somebody like me who was just starting in my HR career, and I'd had a prior hospitality background. Mm -hmm. So no experience in the technology industry. And 
you know, it was new and exciting as technology is, and they allowed me to blossom and grow there. They saw the potential, right? They, they saw, here's someone that wants to work for us. Here's someone that's got the core skill set. They're going to solve problems as mm-hmm. they learn here. And that's probably, that's why their Axion's doing so well, because that's probably how they hire everybody that's over that's, there, right? That's exactly what we're looking at, is is growing the next version and next generation of our leadership. And, and we just had a meeting about it and how important it is. And Kinesh, our CEO, is passionate about the headquarters being here in Pittsburgh and looking for Pittsburgh talent. So it's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Absolutely. Just reminding our listeners, we are talking to Amy Halter from Axion Labs. And you just mentioned your new headquarters. You had a big celebration a few weeks ago because you guys, like I said, you're, you're moving and you're grooving, you're growing. Tell us about your new digs. So we moved. Uh, we had about 4,000 square feet over in our prior location in Upper St. Clair. We moved to 9,000 square feet Whoa. in Bridgeville. Okay. So it was a very exciting move. Uh, the office is fresh and new and has a lot of energy, more modern and, and fitting with that tech vibe. Um, I like and, what you said, tech vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a lot of room to grow, and, right. and we are looking to hire. So if people out there are listening and they're interested in getting into the technology industry, we are interested in hiring on our sales team. Um, future leaders, entry level. Uh, we look for techies too. We about, always need techies. How about part-time radio hosts? <laughs> we could do that. We, for you guys. we might need to look just into saying, that. You we know, might have space. to explore that a little bit. Give us, like, give us a couple hundred square feet for a little podcast room. In there I love that idea. Like that. <laughs> we could be live from the Axion Studios. I love it. Bringing you tech vibe radio. <laughs> we that can make sounds, that happen. <laughs> we can do that. We'll find a way. So, so how many people are working in the new space? In the new space, we have right now about twenty-five. Wow. And we're looking, yeah, I mean, actively looking to hire hopefully about five more in the short term. Whoa. So you are just getting busier. I hope you have some sort of an assistant. Someone <laughs> helping you out. Um, you know, I have a fabulous support team. Can we talk um, to Kinesh for you? I'll talk to Kinesh. For you. Like, look, Kinesh, you got to yeah. hang out with Amy here. She needs a little help. <laughs> I appreciate that. The team that I have is amazing, and it it started with a person named Courtney, okay. who came in from a childcare bra- background. Again, no technology experience, and has done wow. a tremendous job in growing and growing towards the you know legal and um, HR route. Our HR manager came brand new out of college and her fa- first HR position, and we're growing that position too. That's awesome. Jennifer Wells, our operations yeah. manager, she is amazing too. And she, um, again, didn't have a lot of directly related experience, but has done a tremendous job in marketing for us. So I love it. I love it. It's, a, it's an exciting way of a fabulous team. <laughs> so got some great customers out there. And people sometimes in Pittsburgh don't realize that there's great companies like yours here to solve their problems. I want you guys doing more business in Pittsburgh. We do too. Yeah, because we don't have to travel as much, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we love Pittsburgh. And we love and being in Pittsburgh. So, like, who's a typical client of yours? Is there a size where you're too big or too small for Axion? Like, and, and if there's a particular challenge that really stands out that you love being able to solve and you could solve like like quickly, is there is there an ideal client that someone's out there listening? They can be like, no, I should be talking to Axion. I'm having these problems, you know, with my databases not talking to each other or trying to make some of my data more transparent to my customers so they can, you know, work with me closer on certain contracts and things like that. Sure. So, uh, you know, we started off looking at mid-sized product firms and that they have a technology product they're looking to sell and to bring to market. Okay. Um, focusing on agile methodology and sprints. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, the whole process there. The 
exciting thing is that as we've grown and gotten to know ourselves better, we found that we can work with enterprise companies. We're working with one of the largest public utility companies in the nation on a uh, redesign project for uh, some of their services. And it's it's incredible that the opportunities, a cloud hosting company that, again, Excellent. is a global cloud hosting company. And then we do spend time with startups who are just coming out of the incubator and getting their product to market. Wow, so and you're, going, really you're, doing, good you're doing the whole scale there. The whole really scale. Cool. The whole scale. So everyone gets to have a really fun time working at Axion because there's something new to do every single day. There's something new to do, something new to learn every single day. Very cool. So the idea, you mentioned before, you're looking to hire five to be you know, mm-hmm. there. But you also then have the other side where you recruit people for on a project mm-hmm. basis. If you're a contractor out there and you're someone who has tech skills, how can they interact with you and say, hey, I'd like to join your team you know, on, the, on that you know, project basis? So if they go to our website, mm-hmm. which is axionlabs.com, gotcha. A-C-C-I-O-N-L-A-B-S.com, they can go ahead and submit their resume right on our website, view our job openings. Um, they can reach out to us at DDI Plaza in person. Um, the best is that website, though, or info at axionlabs.com. Start there. For all of their needs. And you guys always get back to the folks that, because that, I know some people are a little freaked out, like, oh, I'm going to talk out and no one, will, no one will reach back to me. I guarantee you, you guys are going to get back to people. Absolutely. Simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very cool stuff. I don't know. I'm just so pumped for the company. It's been really cool. I remember when Ganesh founded it years ago and he was just starting up and I said there was this twinkle in his eye where I knew he was going to do great things with Axion and I have you guys stop out here and I'm just learning so much I mean the new space the different projects that you work on obviously I'm sensing a really cool positive work culture I mean people seem like they're fired up and and ready to go and they allow people to grow with the job and everything like that Mm -hmm. like man I call it a true Pittsburgh success story in the making well thank you simple as that I love it so axionlabs.com Yes, axionlabs.com, and Kinesh still has that twinkle in his eye. I'm sure he does. <laughs> I love it, man. That is so fantastic. And now we're taking a break, and we are coming back with more Tech Vibrating, more great stories like this, like the Axion Labs of the world. They're making Pittsburgh tick. They're part of the Pittsburgh Technology Council, and you should be too if you're running a tech company because we love helping tech companies succeed. We've been doing it since 1983. We're doing this 35-year celebration in the fall. I've been digging in the crates through our old TEQ magazines, finding funny pictures of wide ties, big glasses, and even bigger cell phones. They were actually called cell phones back then. I don't know. But anyhow, learn more about us at pghtech.org and then go on over to Twitter at pghtech. Learn all about it. This is Jonathan Kirsting. So glad you're joining us here tonight on Tech Vibe Radio. It's our final segment for the night. I sometimes get a little sad at the end of the show because I'm always like, oh man, having way too much fun on this journey, this ride that we call Tech Vibe Radio every Friday night. But then I remind myself, we're back on the air next Friday. I hope you make it part of your Friday routine Turn the old AM dial right here to 1020 on KDKA because we do love bringing you the best and the brightest of what's happening here in Pittsburgh. And we have actually no stranger to Tech Vibrio with us. We have Kenny Chen. Kenny. Hello. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. No, man. thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Dude, I cannot keep up with you. You got too much stuff going on. I think you have like, I don't know, a, either like a hologram or <laughs> a, a doppelganger of some kind that's going around as Kenny Chen. That is like doing all the things that you do during the course of a week and a day and a month and everything like that. But you're with Ascender. You're doing all things around artificial intelligence. 
and I don't know, we got so much to talk about. So first, introduce yourself. Who is Kenny Chen? Well, uh, Unit 6 is pleased to be reporting here ah, at KDAK Studios, yes. <laughs> um, while the other units are doing other things. Yeah, no, they're all uh, just early, messing around. We're the serious one over here, at right? At least that's been the joke, and I've um, started running with it. But okay. uh, yeah, so um, I'm the Innovation Director over at Ascender. Um, I, I call us an economic development lab or an innovation That's a cool lab. way of putting it. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, we're, um, we were formed, you know, six years ago to uh, continue trying to find new and appropriate ways to address gaps within the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Right, right, right. And, um, yeah, continue evolving with the region as it changes as well. And so, um, you know, starting off as a startup incubator, but then adopting Thrival as an innovation of music festival. Which is uh, right around the corner, a couple months away. Yeah, yeah, we're we're freaking out, but it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, You know, we've built out a co-working space. uh, And for the past couple of years that I've been with the organization, um, we've really started embracing more of an active role in shaping the conversation around ethics and policy as it pertains to AI and other emerging technologies. And you guys have really taken the lead on that, which we think is awesome at the Tech Council. We have noticed and we see the great work that you guys are doing. It's it's needed work because this is what's driving the community forward. And really, when it comes to artificial intelligence, I mean, that's what Pittsburgh is really standing up for these mm-hmm. days. I mean, it's like you ask anyone out there, they're like, Pittsburgh, Carnegie Mellon University, like it just becomes this like thing. And so to kind of have you know, Asunder, to have Kenny Chen be part of this way of, of keeping these conversations going, shaping what's what's happening, we think is just super important. Hey, no, standing on the shoulders of giants. Sure. <laughs> I mean, the Tech Council's been doing this work for over 30 years now, right? 35. Wow, but who's 35 counting? Not me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Actually, it's been funny. I've been Wait. digging through our archives because we're, we're putting together a magical slideshow of things over the years, and mm-hmm. there's some really funny things to laugh at. That's all I can say. When's the party? <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be in September. We're, we're, we're pegging it down. It's going to be part of the launch of our new tech record that we're going to be launching. It's our new tech map, what? completely reimagined as a jukebox and vinyl records because tech companies are our rock stars. That's all I can say. So, Is it not going to be the Nerdvana map anymore? The Nerdvana kid Mm -hmm. be in there somewhere poking his nerdy little glasses over a vinyl record. That's all I can say. Excellent. Just saying. Anyhow, (laughs) let's talk about artificial intelligence and all the things that are kind of going around. I mean, first off, the AI for Good initiative with the UN. Mm -hmm. Hello. That's pretty massive. What's going on with that? Yeah, so this is the UN's primary um, platform for exploring uh, the impacts and implications of AI across really all of its different domains and verticals. Uh, it started back in June of 2017 okay. um, and is led by the ITU, the International Telecommunication Union, which huh. recently celebrated its 153rd birthday. Whoa, they're a little bit older than the Tech Council. Uh, they're like 120 years more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they've been uh, setting, you know, standards and policy, uh, you know, frameworks for everything since like the telegraph and whatnot. Um, and so they've been given the the keys and the green light to frame for the rest of these UN agencies what they should be concerned or excited right. about. Um, when it comes to how AI is going to affect the World Health Organization right. or the UN Office of Disarmament Affairs or UNICEF or, you know, other um, – there's a total of 33 UN agencies that have now signed on board. With this, to, okay. Yeah, to AI for good. 
And um, it convenes now in this annual AI for Good Global Summit. There isn't an AI for bad out there that we need to be worried about, is there? Well, that's a whole other story. I mean, mean, they may very well be out there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, We just probably don't know about it. But I just love the idea of taking what's happening with artificial intelligence and applying that for the betterment of humanity, the Mm -hmm. betterment of our organizations and things like that. And so you were traveling abroad with this, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me about this trip that you took and and why you were there. And you were hanging out with our our, with Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto as well as you were doing that. So like, come on, man, you're hanging out with all the cool kids. No, it's 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 great. So, you know, after um, after having gone to last year's inaugural summit and really getting a lay of the land. Yeah. you know, since then, it's just a bit, just been a process of, uh, you know, working and checking in with the various Pittsburgh stakeholders and, you know, trying to um, build as much momentum from the Pittsburgh angle to step up to this set of opportunities and even responsibilities that right. we kind of hold here um, as a global center of right. ethical AI. And I love it because you're, you're getting outside the bounds of Pittsburgh. I mean, you're mm-hmm. literally going on a global stage here and you're bringing that back to Pittsburgh to see and, and mm-hmm. we, we can take what you're learning and bring back and use that towards mm-hmm. our purposes, which I think is so important. And, you know, what's, what's really exciting is that on this global stage, I mean, um, Pittsburgh actually stands out as one of those regions that's already been exploring this, not just for years, but for decades. Right. Okay. And... Um, has a lot of best practices that have been accrued over the years um, that that really put us in a very, very positive light. Um, Pittsburgh was the only city or even region that was highlighted and emphasized as like an AI for good city at this summit, um, largely through the presence and participation of Mayor Peduto. Um, So... There were five of us that went. So between the mayor, myself, uh, David Danks, um, a professor at CMU, mm-hmm. he's the head of the philosophy department and co-leads the KNL Gates um, initiatives around ethics and, uh, and policy, along with. That's Dilla why I think it's so cool. You're getting philosophers <laughs> hanging out with the tech people yeah. <laughs> because it all blends at this point. Well, that's the thing. Like, really, this realm AI is um, whether you call it like an umbrella or an underlying layer, it is already poised to affect just about everything, which means that everyone in any industry has points of entry or at least right, skin right, in the right. game exactly. um, for, for how it goes. And it's not an entirely inaccessible space to, like, wrap your head around. Well, I, I don't know. I, well, there's so much online that you can dig into. You know, you read a couple books, you take a online course or two, and then suddenly you're within the top... Um, percentile of a percentile in terms of global understanding around this stuff. That's crazy. I know. Um, so there were the three of us, uh, Shinjini Kundu, um, who graduated from, uh, from Pitt, got her medical degree there, and then Diane Lippman from the University of Pittsburgh as well, um, who, uh, yeah, leads the um, ISP, the Intelligence Systems Program um, there. So we so. had quite the crew. It was, it was I love great. it. Yeah. That's impressive. And that's, it's great to know that Pittsburgh's being recognized on the global stage for that. They're, they're, we're there. We're bringing stuff back. We're also adding to that conversation as mm-hmm. well, too. Running our listeners, we're talking to Kenny Chen from Ascender, leading up all things AI, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, last time you were on the show, you were talking about the X Prize around yeah. AI. What, what's the latest and greatest around that? So let's see. Um, you know, we still are currently tied with Montreal as 
uh, the global leaders were tied. In, yeah. How do we kick their butt? Uh, we well, in this next round, just okay. continue being awesome. <laughs> okay. <pretty much. laughs> so we've got seven it. out of the remaining 62 teams in the IBM Watson Artificial Intelligence X Prize. That's a $5 million you know, prize that ends in 2020. Okay. Um, but we recently, just a couple weeks ago, invited the team from the new $10 million uh, ANA Avatar X Prize. Ooh, okay. Tell we me about this. This is brandy brand new. I yeah, like it. Tell yeah. me. Give me more details here, Kenny. So uh, ANA, um, Japanese Airlines, they wanted to see what the next just massive leap, you know, not just incremental step, but leap in travel. Um, you know, what oh, would that look like? It. And right. they eventually got to this point where they were saying, hey, it's not a faster vehicle or a more comfortable ride. You know, how can we... Approach like teleportation. Um, <laughs> like, and, they, they figure that one out. Let's go. <laughs> right? And you know, you, quantum mechanics and all that kind of stuff will tell you that it's hard enough, if not impossible, to teleport matter that far. But the the idea of hey, can we teleport consciousness elsewhere? My um, consciousness wants to visit London. Exactly. <laughs> not so, the rest of me. <laughs> so um, this this concept of building around uh, robotic avatars. Um, you know, came through and ultimately became wow, the, the, cool. the basis for this new um, prize. And it's not an entirely new idea. Okay. The, I, um, having a multi-sensory, um, you know, robot that you can operate from halfway around the world exactly. or even off planet and um, have it see, hear, um, touch, and, you know, be able to manipulate things um, in the environment around it in a convincing way that right. makes you feel like you're there. Wow. Um, That's so, what I'm talking about. See, this is so cool. Talk about stretching people's imaginations and their technical abilities to yeah. start thinking about solving these types of problems. That's nuts. So we've got them plugged in for Pittsburgh, um, linked up with CMU, with all the other kind of robotics folks Love here. It. We're trying to win this. Um, yeah, we can do it. I know we can. Heck yeah. yeah, man. Come on. Let's make it happen, Kenny. Let's make it happen. So about a minute or so left, uh, mm -hmm. Bosch just put a pretty cool investment mm -hmm. into Carnegie Mellon. Tell us quickly about that. Yeah, it's an $8 million um, gift that Bosch has given to CMU that will be um, deployed uh, until 2023. And they're taking a very collaborative approach. I mean, they've hired um, a CMU faculty member, Zico Coulter, but not taking him away from the university, okay. but kind of like a split role where um, a lot of this research that's getting funded um, is, yeah, just being funded for the sake of, like, progressing the field. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, uh, Bosch is building this out. It's a significant investment mm -hmm. in doing that here in Pittsburgh and Carnegie Mellon University. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. It'll be there. This is fascinating stuff. I need to have you come back on a regular basis to update because it's moving and growing so fast. We hey, want to keep up with it. And you're the man on the scene when it comes <laughs> to that. So people want to learn more about Ascender and all the work that you're doing. What's the best place for people to go? Yeah. I mean, you know, our website's um, ascenderpgh.com, thrivalfestival.com. Get your tickets. Yeah, absolutely. September 19th through the 21st. That's absolutely. where we're gathering a lot of these people that we're meeting around the world, um, you know, putting them into rooms to talk about the future of work and the implications of uh, synthetic biology. It's cool, man. It's a bunch of days of nerding out on that stuff and then having mm -hmm. some great music at the end. So that music, too. Mm -hmm. Good stuff yeah. all the way around. Looking forward to partying. Hey, tell everyone back at Asunder I said hello. And uh, tell you what, thanks for stopping by.
Thanks again. Great stuff. Hey, another Tech Vibe Radio under the belt. As I said, I was kind of sad because it was the end of the show, but I'm actually happy again because A, I got to talk to Kenny, and B, we're on next Friday, so keep your dial tuned right here for all the great things that are making Pittsburgh's technology sector really just go crazy these days. This is Jonathan Kirsten with the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us in our 35 years of helping this industry grow by going to pghtech.org.